Welcome to Songwriter Trysts, an intimate podcast that is connecting songwriters from all over the world. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. To support the podcast and follow our journey, you can find us on songwritertrysts.com. Yes, well, my name is Lloyd Clark. I'm a singer-songwriter from Melbourne, uh, Victoria, uh, now a sort of residing country. I, I sort of grew up, both parents loved music. They never, they both didn't play, but mum was kind of more popular uh, of the, t- of mm-hmm. the time. It was on the radio. Dad was more country and Western, probably more Western than country. <laughs> <laughs> he liked his, Wait, what does that mean? Well, he kind of liked the cowboy songs, the songs of, you know, that, that you know, probably, right. well, for probably Johnny Cash, that type of Robins, there are a few of, that sung about, you know, out west angling, yeah, that type of that type of music. You like those sort of stories where mum was more anything from folk, what was popular on the in the day. You know, the secrets just pop music of the of the sixties and seventies. Yeah, so I grew up listening to a lot of that. Grandfather was probably the the biggest influence genetically. He played quite a few instruments. Mm-hmm. He sadly passed when I was a young fella, but his legacy in music was kind of handed genetically through to me, I feel, <laughs> because he was, I'm, I'm led to believe, he often Berwick Hotel oh. way back. He used to sing, he'd play banjo, you know, and his was, he probably played a lot of folk, a lot of Scottish folk songs of folk music, a Scott. Yep. And uh, I got his acoustic guitar when I was around about 12, and my aunt, oh. mother's oldest sister, paid for music lessons, just travelling on the bus to Dandenong and get... Um, yeah and get uh, music. But it didn't last long because I found that the other guys in the group didn't practice. So we kept going on less, over lesson one for about a month. I got bored oh. of that. So <laughs> I decided yeah, to, I to, to chuck that in and, and learn myself. So again, back in those days, it was listening to records uh, and then ultimately yeah, mm. cassettes come along. <laughs> I'm sounding really old now. <laughs> cassettes, <Yeah. laughs> cassettes come out so you could tape stuff. You could tape the radio and, you know, it's, you know later on in life I learned about royalties and paying from your music and <laughs> not ripping yeah, people off. Like, yeah, <laughs> whoops. But you know what, that, that really, you talked about that, but that really was a massive shake-up in the industry of people having cassettes yeah. and being able to record their own music. And that was probably the first time that public really had access to anything to record themselves. Yeah, that's correct. And probably yeah. uh, Caswell will probably tell a, a similar story because he's been right through that from the start. Mm. But, yeah, when individuals had the ability to no longer necessarily purchase tape off the radio or tape, you know, someone singing, they could just tape, that's when the mechanical royalties for your music, which was what you paid for when you bought a, a, a record, um, yeah. that's when it all started to suffer, yeah. Uh, from that day, but it was a changing world, you know. The technology was yeah. was changing, and and and, and this music industry had to try and keep up somehow and think of new ways as well of how we market mm. our yeah market our music. Yeah, 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 and and how how we run it as a business, as well as you know how licenses work for mechanical royalties versus just a record. You know, it's it's how it's used now. Yeah, not just physically, but also where it's presented online. Yeah, you know, sort of stuff, and that's. It is just a progression of, but also how we, you know, like the the cost to go to a, 
a live gig, yeah. you know, 50 years ago in, in reference or like say uh, percentage-wise of what you would be paying, it's, it's astronomical because all of a sudden the pressure of performances to be live performances and merchandising yeah. is, is what keeps – music alive yeah yeah <laughs> like that that is where we make money yeah that there, there's really no other way to make money yeah. other than live performances and merchandise yeah. so buy someone's hat or shirt or whatever yes. it is yes definitely. And, and, and pay pay a ticket to go to their show yeah. because that is the that's the only way that original live music is, is really live yeah yeah. Listening to the music is great, but yeah, yeah. There's so many gigs that that you get now is that we're, yeah, venues are are not paying much at all, if anything, and expecting you to play for percentage of bar, in my experience. Mm. So, um, yeah, you know, for new artists up and coming, it's it's a it's a rough road of what you know one even just in charge a venue. Because you don't want to undersell yourself. You're a piece of work that and, a, and something to provide, service to mm. provide. So that's yeah. worth that's worth a value. But yeah, you know, helping them, guiding, you know, new what that's worth is that's a whole other topic. <laughs> it it is, and it is a challenging one because you know when you are starting out, you want to um, hey, you you've got to get experience. Yeah. You know, so like that, it is a balance, and it's all about self worth and knowing what you're worth. And correct. It's, we all learn at the same pace, really. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah we do. But yeah, someone taught me in business that your your anything is only ever as worth as much as someone else. Correct. So when you go with that mark, you've just got to negotiate and work it out. What What was the? Because you, you know, okay, so you, you've got genetics, musical genetics in your genes. You got your grandfather's guitar, yeah. and he was Scottish. Yeah. What What was the like transition for you becoming self taught to Pursuing like songwriting. When did you write your first song? Did, uh, was that a natural thing? When you I think so, I think I found that I had an ability to string words together that made sense. Whether that, but I think the first song I ever wrote was, of course, the love song. <laughs> and I might have just I don't know what it was called. I love her so well. Now, but I know it was recorded on a cassette, and one of our teachers at high school got a handle on it, and they were raving about it in the day and. Went well around the staff room. It's oh, the Lloyd Clark, and this is what he's doing. Isn't he amazing? And that. So that was very early Sad. on. I didn't do anything that I had aunt, my auntie Jean, who was mm. the instrumental in, in, in giving me lessons and, and having the granddad's old guitar done up for me. She always wanted me to go in young talent time. <laughs> oh, is that, was that like a reality TV? Thing? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a Saturday night a variety show yeah, where there was a group of young kids and Johnny Young, I think, was the host. Popular songs that they have. I think there were three guests that they had and they had judges. I think that lasted for quite a number of years. It was the longest mm. running sort of variety show. Hey, hey, sort of come along. Oh. But I, again, I never did these opportunities I had taken. So, but all along there, I was I was learning. I was a voice, and but again, it was really just playing for family and friends. Till I married young, uh, a girlfriend who I wrote the song for. We got engaged, mm-hmm. we married, and yeah. again, most of the songs at the time were written for, for that family. I I joined a duo. I had a, a guy uh, probably in the eighties. We had a just a duo. And we used to play wedding singer. Played. Oh right, yeah. So that was my first foray into entertaining others for money, and that went yep. very well. He was a guy that never needed to practice. I needed to rehearse because I needed <laughs> to learn new songs. He was just you could listen to a song away, or people. one of those. Yeah, <laughs> one of those people. Yeah, <laughs> and I admire them. We love those I, people. I, I, we I need admire them. them dearly. But anyway. So I did that for a while and then that just sort of ran its course and kind of broke up. But then probably about 15, 
maybe 15 years. I did a, I was going through a bad patch at work, not knowing whether I'd stay or go or what could I do. And I thought, well, I know music. I can do music. Maybe I could pay my own way uh, in music. I'll learn more about, you know, I could write songs. And I did a course. Well, at the end of the course, you wrote a, a, during the course. And if it was good enough and record producers, I'd allow you to record that. And they'd wow. enter you in the Australian Songwriters Association competition if they felt the song was good enough. Um, We'd been away to Central Australia a few years before to wrote a song about uh, this great and ancient land that is recorded as a, as a single on, on, on the album I've got uh, that's up on Spotify and all the websites. Yeah. Great and ancient. And, yeah, it was recorded. So um, that was my first foray into one, learning the, the craft of songwriting, going through the recording process, having the song mastered. I had the song mastered by David Briggs, who used to be a lead, still working, he's amazing. If you ever need anything mastered, I could put you in contact with a fantastic guy. Anyway, yeah, so from getting granddad's guitar, mostly through high school and, and, and early married life, was just singing for friends in barbecues. I finally plucked up enough courage and, you know, committed and did a songwriting uh, course, which we learnt about popular crafted, not just any song. So you learn about song structure. You learn about, you know, the three choruses. You learn about three chords and the truth. You, you learn about copyright production, uh, a whole lot. of really, really good, you know, how to, where to find titles and, and you yeah, know, how. So, so who, who was that? I was my fellow boy, you know, Mario Genti, Jacques, Jacques Chantier. He's won quite a lot of awards at the Australian Songwriters Association. He runs okay. a music school called Mage Songs or Mage School and has produced a few guys that, that I know that uh, that have done fairly well. Doing that, a lot of us knew how to write songs before we did it, but we might not yeah. have known to market them or how, how to pitch them to, to record labels and stuff. The skill set is Man, it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> uh, and anyone will tell you, I mean, you know, what, you, you've been doing it too, uh, getting yep. your stuff out there and it's not easy. And uh, so, yeah, and since then I entered a few more competitions just for validation, just to say, look, is what I'm doing okay for industry? Because I know mm. your family always love you, good, bad or indifferent. <laughs> but then, Alan will tell you that. Yeah, they're the group biggest, uh, some of my wife especially is probably the biggest critic, but she's often so right in what she thinks um, works and what doesn't. But anyway. I have the biggest fights with my husband when we're on creative differences. <laughs> like yeah. I've learned not to go to him when I'm in the middle of writing a song yeah. because he obviously just doesn't get my thought process of creative uh, yeah. expression. Yeah. And I have to finish it first before I can show him because otherwise we just have this argument. He's like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know yet. <laughs> I know the – I feel your pain or I'll get – yeah, it'll be a sense or – and I think it does at the time. And yeah. so there's that. So, yeah, so I did a, a few more comps and did fairly well. In the Tamworth Songwriters Association Awards, I've done very well with them. I've, mm-hmm. I won the novice one year. A year later I won, I won the lyrics only section twice two years apart. So for me, winning only in Tamworth is huge for a songwriter because they're not hearing any production. They're just reading the song and seeing whether the song would fit, you know, commercially and does the song make sense as a song, does it tell a story? So I've won that twice and um, my awards are proudly up there on the the mantelpiece. (laughs) No golden guitars yet, but we'll work toward one of those. Yeah, so I've done fairly well there. Been to Tamworth four years straight. I didn't go the last two, mainly because Mm. of COVID there. It looked quite possibly, but I'm going to focus a lot of the energy here and next in my local area in in Gippsland, I think there's a down here. It's a I've little... had a few, few festivals down that way. Yeah. I'd love to get down there because you know that's where I'm from. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Fam and Bansdale, yeah, yeah you're from about that way. Yep. 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 
Good old Bansdale. Yep. I'd love to be able to get down there and actually, I don't think most of my family, no one's actually seen me perform. Oh, really? No, because I haven't performed in, in Gippsland or even Oh, in wow. We have to so organise something. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, that's actually what I've been planning for this year. So it's, it's yeah, yeah. going to happen. I'll take that up. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah sure. that's a goal of mine. So we maybe we should do something together, a storytelling uh, yeah. session. Yeah, well, they do. They're quite popular down here, the writers' rounds. I've been to yeah, a are few. They? Yeah, we've been to a few where you get you know, song for song. They tell a bit of a story about, you know, like the what the, <clears throat> what the song's about, what might have been into it. And yeah. many times that people come up after, oh, look, I really love that song about the Lockhart. Ship disaster, you know, I've been there, I know what you're talking about. And, yeah, that's all great. Yeah. So, yeah, so moving right along. I know, we get to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I feel, you know, I've vested, you know, expense and time into into songwriting. I know I can do it. I know I can do it, mm. in my in my opinion, in the eyes of others, well enough to have songs that are radio-friendly and, and, and work. So it was my first goal to be able to do that. Now, for me, I'd love to be able to write and you know, start writing above myself, if you know what I mean, and pitch for a, and get something cut on, uh, if not my own else's album. Uh, that would be that would be the penultimate for me if I could do that. Have you ever written for anyone else or had that as a like a goal? Uh, goal, previous, definite yeah. goal. But no, the closest I've ever had to being right, uh, sorry, having anything with any notoriety is right. And whilst what was that? That was, a, what was somewhere. Mm-hmm. So the song was quite introspective. It's quite personal. It was really about it, yeah. and <clears throat> even though that we've we've laughed at a mm. lot of a lot of pain and forgiveness, and the song sort of speaks for itself. But it was really the hook uh, that Alan gave me um, that he cut for, <laughs> yeah. um, which he actually saw the two of us on a riverbank, you know, fishing. He said some of his best times or quiet times wasn't necessarily about the fishing, it was more about conversation while you're fishing. You, know, yeah. you talk about a lot of stuff, you just, you might, you know, away from the maddening just there. So I had this image of, you know, of a river, you know, river somewhere where, you know, dad and I, or whoever it is, it could be, you know, husband or wife, you know, nephew, it could be anybody, where you, know, you travel away and there's, a, you know, there's forgiveness. So that was kind of hook line. And he gave me the, the line, uh, there's a rod on a line down a river somewhere. Because I had already had the yeah. title. But he had, uh, you know, there's a, there's a rod in the line, meaning that there's, there's ambition or there's, you know, a future of doing something together, albeit yeah. the, the metaphor is fishing. You know, it could be dinner, it could be a picnic, it could be a drive in the car. You know, that, that could be the river somewhere yeah. for some people. So, and that, that worked. It uh, got a little bit of radio play, didn't get uh, oh, nice. a number one, but I think I got to about, a, <laughs> I don't know, it might have been a it's 10. It's not about that, though, is it? No, it's not. It yeah. might have been 10. I mean, that's all great. It makes you feel good. Yeah. Well, it makes you feel good when you know that it's connecting with someone else. Absolutely, and yeah. That that is just like for me. I don't know about you, but that's like, yeah, that's the ultimate yeah, goal, yeah. really. No, it's exactly the same. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, to have people come up after a show and and you know take make the time not just to disappear or <clears throat> go to merch ta- merch table and buy something. That's all great as well. But when they come mm. up to actually engage and talk about you know how that song touched them, man, that's just a yes. That's uh, that's why I do it. <laughs> yeah, and some people, um, you know, they can get embarrassed. So when I, when I was working in in business and stuff, I I learned this rule that like if you're a coffee shop owner, if one person comes up and complains about the coffee, there's a hundred other people that 
would have complained but didn't want to say anything. And, and the same goes for the other way. If one person comes up and said they really love the coffee, yeah. there's a hundred other people that said, you know, that loved it but didn't say it. Yeah. And I was talking with someone just yesterday about the same concept with music is one person really connected to a song. Yeah. There's probably a hundred at least other people that it also connected but they didn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's who we are. Sometimes we just don't feel like we're in the right place or time or whatever to, to be able to give feedback to everyone. And we've all done it. Yeah, we've all had yeah, thoughts absolutely. that we don't give that feedback. So it's it's nice when, when one person comes up and says like, – and so I think that's a good thing to remember when – and that's why I'm so – I like to be able to, if I can, say to someone, hey, I love that. Yeah. Because I know that there's probably a hundred other people that have thought that but not had the time or space or all the courage to go up and say that to yeah. someone. No, you're so um, right. Yep. And it, yeah. sometimes it's something you need to work on, like your first gig. You know, you might be practicing in your bedroom or in the shower, but you know, taking that 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 first step to because yeah, it's always like being naked. You know, it's quite personal. You know, mm. it might be introspective about you or a failed relationship or anything like that. But even even that alone, it could be it might be a popular song. I'd be doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, as you know, we are some of the worst on ourselves. No one can probably judge us more ourselves as songwriters. Mm. And that's the thing I've had to, to, to I battled with quite early on is, you know, was what I did good enough? Because I, yeah. I never felt I was good enough. And I think I've heard you talk about that as well, you know, self-esteem. Mm. Sometimes with uh, people of the, of the arts where, you know, we don't feel we're good enough and not that we don't want to try. It's just just a battle that we have from time. How do you cope with that? It's uh, it's just what I love doing. We really have to sometimes think hard, well, you know, why am I feeling this way? The impetus, is it something that's jogged a memory from, you know, is there a, is there a pain or a, or a bad thought or an unhappy thought that's brought me to this particular place now? And and, and, and well, yeah. why is that? You know, what happened there? Can I replace that with something or do something now that will make, and that could be going for a walk, having a cup of coffee and a nice bit of dark chocolate. As well. <laughs> yeah. But it's tro- Sometimes that's all you need is a bit of chocolate. Yeah, a bit of chocolate, a bit of chocolate <laughs> yeah, or a conversation. Or just pick up the phone and, and call someone that you might not have spoken to for a while. But sometimes, yeah. as is more known now, sometimes your rainy day is just a rainy day. Tomorrow will be sunshine. Tomorrow might be a windy day. It might be a thunderstorm. But you know, it's, emotions like weather, they will pass. If they're not passing, that's when you probably need to seek some help or or talk to somebody. But it's okay to feel bad uh, because we all yeah. have it. It's, re- it's really okay because I think we, we all have those days. I actually had that conversation with someone last year as well where they had lost uh, a parent suicide. Yeah. And it is, we all have those moments and it's in those moments knowing, like the awareness. Yeah that it is perfectly fine. Yeah. Like you said, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And it's absolutely necessary in those moments to seek help. Yeah. Even if, and that's why the, the you know, lifeline and, and phone call services are so essential to our society because yeah. sometimes, and I've done it, I've called them up. Yeah. Sometimes I just need to call someone that's completely impartial. Yes. You know, it's not, it's not a family member who might bring it back up later yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or delve too much into it. It's just someone who can just listen yep, correct. And, and it is perfectly fine because suicide in some circumstances are just a moment where you have a bad thought and you feel rotten yep. and you make a bad decision and there's no one there yeah. if there's no one there to, to help or talk yep. to or, or make you seek because we all think irrationally sometimes oh, absolutely. irrational thoughts yeah. yep. 
usually happen when we're emotional. Yeah. I'm speaking from crazy female awareness, but you know, yeah, and that's I think that's okay to talk about and share about as well. Yeah, I think so. It's, uh, there is a seems to be a groundswell for it now where people are, but you know, my vintage we grew up with, you know, you know men had to be tough and you know we're made of you know slugs and snails and puppy dogs tails you know little boys yeah. made slugs and snails and puppy dog tails and girls with sugar and that spice doesn't help anyone yeah girls with sugar and spice yeah. everything nice and you know what a contrast you know poles apart and yeah but anyway um, i don't think that anyone says that now though no <laughs> But yeah, so they sort of come through all that. But, you know, I've got children Mm. of my own and grandchildren of our own that as each generation comes along, it does seem to be a lot more accepting. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing that there's a lot more education around that and the organisations, as you said, uh, you know, Black Dog, uh, Beyond Blue, all that Mm. type of things are great and uh, the people that set them up need to be we can all play our part in just our own yep. small groups yeah because it, it is uh, a lot of people doing a few small things makes for light work and absolutely that's where the change will happen yeah so what are you doing with your music now I want to know about your 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 co-writing versus you know solo poetry sort of stuff yeah sure was that a, a natural progression for you did you ease into it was it really challenging how did that yeah, no, really challenging, and still find it still find it okay. challenging. I think any co-writing session I've done some with with Alan group. I've done it with a few other people. Often uh, there'll be a stronger person in the party. It's never, in my experience, it's never equally yoked. My experience <laughs> with collaborating to date hasn't yeah. been fruitful enough to have anything uh, cut or. Um, People have had songs that they do play that we've written uh, together. There's nothing that's out there in public. Yeah. The process for me is always uh, fruitful. It's not been fruitless. It's been fruitful in that something always comes of it. I've never been in a session where mm. we've come away with nothing, taken one or two, because either we've felt that we haven't been able to, to, to finish it then and there, but it's been finished, you know, in, in the, in the next day later. So written with people remotely, that's just as fun too because, you know, that's day and age like we're doing now. It's just, uh, you know, over the internet, I mean, whether it be Zoom or that, I find that a lot better when you're kind of face-to-face with the person because you can see their face on, on, on how, how they're kind of feeling about, you know, whether they screw yeah. the corner of their mouth up and you think, oh, that didn't quite work so well, I'll, I'll, we'll move on to something else. But when we're just talking, yeah. you, can, you can't get those facial expressions sometimes or body language. Mm. And that's important to me to, to know that it's connecting or working. But if telephone calls, fine. Yeah, often I've got a what I call my hook book, although electronic version, of electronic pad. It's called Lilac Writer, cool. and a tool that has it does have a thesaurus and a, and a word finder in it. If you ever get stuck, I try not to use mm. that often because I don't want to often be given a word that I feel that I have to use it because it rhymes. I'd rather try and find something for myself for my own experiences and you know you ever get stuck on a mm-hmm. on a phrase and you think oh what's you know um, i feel it's got to be yeah something to be uh, you go through that whole process of what's going to rhyme with that to try and finish the next the next line and i'll, yeah. I'll jump into thesaurus or i'll jump into the the, the um the dictionary and and, and uh, sometimes that will take the song in a different direction that you don't <laughs> want it to go so uh, yeah. Although it is there, that, I mean, a lot of songwriting software tools do have a thesaurus, or they do have a dictionary, just to give you it's just an extra part of the tool chest to, to say, yeah. you know, instead to use or not. I, I use them all the time. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I am the first person to say I'm quite happy. Yeah, to use that's fine, and that's fine. Yeah, website. that's fine. Because I'm quite aware that my vocabulary is not fantastic. You know, I don't. I'm not one of those people that has 
a huge vocabulary yeah. and can just pull on. I mean, I've worked with Alan yeah. as well, and and I mean, he's incredible. Yeah, okay. I keep in well, I can't do a session with that on my laptop or whatever. I have there. Mm. I'll have song titles that I've observed or heard or read that I might like to work on, or it might just be a in words. It's an idea. At the table and generally how is I've been writing a lot more without the guitar. I've been writing the lyric, and I mean at the moment, but probably more than not, it'll be. Again, as a single songwriter, if we play if we play guitar, there'll be a, you'll be noodling around on a chord progression, and all of a sudden a melody will pop in your head, and then some, and then off you go. I don't know if that's the way you work, but <laughs> that's the way I. Well, I everyone's different. Yeah, yeah, I have worked where it's been with chord progression. I've been mean, trying to steer away from that because often the chord progression will dictate the melody goes, and then you get in fear of is this melody being used somewhere before? Sounds familiar. Not quite sure. And sometimes that happens. And as long as you, that's the, like, I think that's probably the, the good peer reviews. Yeah. Is that, like, I've had people send me songs yeah. before and they're like, oh, you know, what do you think of this? And I'd be like, it's great, but it's also this song. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> you know, and then they're like, oh, you're so right. And they had no idea, you know, and then that's why, like, you know, as much as keeping things close, you've got to find people that you can trust. Absolutely. But to also tr- not just trust as in, they're going to tell you the truth, but trust to give you feedback. Because there are a lot of people out there, like you said, your family members and stuff, they'd be like, yeah, that's... And they won't actually give you genuine feedback. And that's why consulting and people like Alan and that, you know, they, they a lot of them do have that service yeah. where you can get feedback and actually pay for... Yeah, yeah. For- yeah, so I haven't done a great amount of collaborating, something I want to get into in, in, in a group. I did join a, a Nashville songwriters, not so much a group, it was a songwriting, not a contest, it was it was like write five songs in five days. You had to write a song for five days straight. lady would give you, she'd give you a word palette, said, look, you need to put these five words in the song. And that was challenging. I found that I felt I felt really challenged with that because it pressure on a little bit. But at the end of new songs, <laughs> yeah, that might have been rubbish. But you just <laughs> you just don't know what gems come. Some of them weren't too bad exactly. though, in my own my own opinion. But that was a bit of fun. That was a, a woman that runs some songwriting workshops out of Nashville. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'd love to do that too. I'd love to try to connect with people over there and maybe collaborate and write some stuff because that's where you can get some. Uh, Big bucks if you connect with the right people at the right time and have, <laughs> have the right cut. Yeah. Yeah. I it's mean, it's not all about yeah. that for me, just the money. I mean, I'm, I'm semi retired yeah. now. I'm about to almost go work again, but, but I'll be working, but I'll have still have time to, to, and, and write stuff. But this year, I hope to be able to get out and perform more on weekends at, you know, little coffee places or wine bars or maybe per chance get to a festival or, yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. So tell me, like, with all the courses and, the, you know, your auntie and everything that you've you've accumulated in yes. your musical songwriting career, yeah. what would you say is the best advice that you've ever been given? Be yourself, I think. Um, you know, Easier to say than do. <laughs> exactly. That's what I said, being kind of individually unique. So many times you'll watch, like currently you'll, you'll watch The Voice and this is for any particular show, you'll mm. see almost cardboard copies of other artists whether they're using the same vocal technique as a Christian, Christine Aguilera does or Brittany, whatever. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, and I've often seen the judges say, you want to see the you. Where, where, where are you? We haven't seen, yes, you're great technically, but you, what are you like? And I didn't really sort of understand that years ago until Casey Chambers first launched. And there was, okay. a, there was an individual that, she was country at the time, you know, come out of a dad's band. 
but she had a, no one else had. I think there's more of the song, the, the earlier songs. So I love artists that, that that have something unique. It's familiar and safe, and and um, you like the sound of it. There's something about it that you like and you love, whether it be the lyric or the, the melody or whatever. But there's something about them that's a little bit more quirky, a bit different. So I think yeah, that... I do like it when you can tell who's singing. The best advice was, yeah, not try to copy. And we all do. We've all got, it. We're all got our, you know, our favourites and we've all got our, you know, our idols. That's a lot of us how we start, you know, mimicking mm. or copying. Well, we're influenced. Yeah, influence. that's a word, yeah, mm. by uh, different people. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's a lot of us start. That's natural. It's, it's natural. And <laughs> But it's I think the biggest, yeah, now is, yeah, once you got the tools is is learning to be yourself and be with that and comfortable in being you know for yourself being Ray Lee there's no one else like you so you know be no no be yeah I know what you mean yeah be yourself because we are all different thank God and just being comfortable in that and that once you've understood that you know you you are who you are and people happy yeah keep rocking on yeah and there there is like. Uh, and this isn't just songwriting, but it kind of relates to what you're talking about. And it's something that I, I have I've talked to children about as well. Yeah. You know, we all are raised by a mum and a dad or, or maybe we have just one of those parents. But yeah. whatever, we're, however we're raised, we it, 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 it implants into who we are as a, as a human being, as a parent, as, as and our core values. All of that sort of stuff is influenced by the people that were around when we were children. And that's that is something you can't change. Maybe it's genetic, and then there's some things that are just environmental. Yeah. But what but what we do have control over is the way we choose to be. So we can choose to follow in a, a parent's footsteps, you know, and, and become and 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 follow like the things that they've done because we agree with it. Yeah. Or we can choose not to. And and you know sometimes our parents have different mental challenges that we don't want to have to struggle with, and yeah. and sometimes it's easy to pull away from, and sometimes it's not. Yeah. But it is a choice and everything in life is is a choice. And I think Oprah talked about this in her last show where it's like if we can all take more self-responsibility for the fact that no matter what we have experienced in our lives, whoever we have been or what we've experienced or what we've been through, we are not, we are not what happened to us. We are who we choose to be. Yeah. And that does it, – it's hard to, a hard pill to swallow, yep. the responsibility of we are where we are because of our own choices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as soon as – and the sooner I think that we accept that about ourselves, the sooner we can actually take control yeah. of the rest of our lives yeah. and the future, the stuff that is un, unwritten. Because if we don't accept that, we're going to continue to be victim to anything else that we choose to allow ourselves to become victim to. Yeah. And that's – you know, I, I think that was that was one of the most sobering lessons I've ever. But it's a beautiful thing to to ponder. Yeah, I think like, <laughs> I think as a younger younger person, you know, I was uh, my idols were like John Denver Diamond, popular back in those days. So to sing songs in a, in a way that they did, and try to yeah. imitate their voices, I thought, well, that's the way to success. I've got to be able to do that. That's the way because people like that. They pay money for that. Well, that's that, different. That, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> you know, and it didn't really enter my head that. You know, you know, I could do right, and you know, I had my own voice and own inflection and own timber and all that type of stuff. So when I exactly yeah, when I realised that I am who I am, and I'm quite comfortable with who that in my own songs, I don't play many mm. covers, own no material that connects, and I'm a happy man doing that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And, I, and I, like, you know, you get to choose what part of, sort of an artist you want to be. But, and, like, I love Beyonce and I definitely think she's influenced my voice, but I'm not trying to be Beyonce. Yeah. I am definitely way too white to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, you got but, some good times. You, know. you got some good times happening. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can't help but what you like be influenced in, in what you do, and that and that's fine. Yeah. Like you, you can choose that, and there's it's art. That is the beautiful thing about. It. So, yeah. Let's talk about and and there's two other thing, questions I want to ask you. One is to do with Anzac Day song. Yeah. But I also want to get this question out of the way. Could work with anyone in the world, dead or alive. Who would it be? I, I don't think it will change. I think uh, the last. <laughs> Last we spoke, it was a fellow by the name of Jason Isbell, and I think Michael War might have mentioned the same Americana artist. To be in the room with him and see his thought process, or even writing with him, would be yeah, it would be great. He's much around, active, so yeah, it'd probably be Jason. And uh, it just so yeah. happens my son's called Jason. There's a sign. Yeah, no, maybe it's gonna... no, he he and his wife make some great music. Jason Isbell, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll have to see if he wants to jump on the podcast with me. And wow, that would, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, tell us about your Anzac Day songs. This is your Biscuits from Home. Biscuits from Home, yeah, release. Biscuits yep. from Home. It was recorded late last year. Anyway, we're just sitting around a table uh, in the lunchroom back because of COVID. Now, and uh, we're just talking about Anzac Day and the subject of Anzac biscuits sort of come up and, you know, recipes and who made them and what they sort of – how they meant to, you know, what they meant to Australians and whatever. Mm. And uh, uh, just this idea popped into my head about, I just imagine this uh, young guy in uh, Gallipoli uh, trenches and he receives uh, what they call a care package, a, a belly tin with biscuits that his mum had baked him. Uh, and as he's opening up the tin, he gets this smell from Australia, from, smell from home that just floods him and love. So really crafted around World War Gallipoli. And there was one, <laughs> I, I, I laughed because... Uh, in a couple of my songs, a lot of a lot of these war songs, even the, the songs like and the band played Waltzing Matilda, you know, often the soldiers end up wounded, maimed or dead or whatever. And my wife, Sherry, God bless her, she said, can you please make sure he comes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so. That's beautiful. So, I, you know, at the end of the song, he's sitting by the tally and he watches the Anzac parades. And then down from the kitchen, something he thought he'd outgrown. Yeah, smell of biscuits from home, you know, made by, Aww. made with love by his wife. So the the girl he left at the dock when he to war, he ended up marrying, and he Aww. come home and they he gets to to watch the Anzac parades and and, and so gave him a happy ending. Gave it a happy ending, yeah. <laughs> so. Which is nice because I mean the reality is a lot of people oh, didn't as, get the happy as ending. As we know, yeah, yeah, others yeah. mothers lost, you know, all their sons tragically. Uh, yeah, whole t- is- whole towns lost most of their men, young young men. It's just yeah, horrific. Why we have to never forget the sacrifices that were made, yeah, and we never will. Right. So yeah, it was really just a lunchtime discussion about that that kicked me off on a, on, on yeah crafting a, a story. It's fictitious. It's not about you know, Jack. Is not a well, there probably were many Jacks that went away to war, but this Jack was was wasn't anyone in my family or family that I that I know. It was just a, a lovely story, and that's the was, truth ingrained in. Yeah, it's fortunate enough to record it. it now sits on an album, on a compilation mm-hmm. album for Guitars for Vets, mm-hmm. Asian Profit, that that give free guitar lessons and guitars to vets that have suffering from post traumatic stress syndrome. That's awesome. Yeah, so like my dad does that. And yeah, it's it's. It's a challenging. Like I grew up with a dad with PTSD, and it is. It's not. It's not something that ever goes away. No. And it defines something that you know is going to help. And so, whenever anyone does anything like that, that is to live life yeah. for people that you know they essentially, even if they didn't die, they've sacrificed their lives. Yeah. 
because their lives will never be the same because no. of what they've witnessed and what they've had to do and and where they've been and that's why we have the mem- you know memory days yeah. that we do and we the do. respect that because we wouldn't have the world that we have without them and so I think that's beautiful that you're able to yes I'm a that song ambassador for them and that's mm. a great organisation not for profit that's all. great. Well, We'll put a link, we'll put their link in the description of your podcast and on, on the website yeah. as all of the ways that people can listen to your music and connect with you. And yeah, well, major ones or, yeah, Apple and yeah. Spotify and... Yep, yep, yep good. I'll, I'll find all the links and how, you know, people and your socials and that yeah. so people can anything connect you need, with you. Give me a tinkle, anything you need, you know. Brilliant. Oh, so just get that Thank through. you. It's been wonderful, wonderful talk to you. And, I, and again, Raleigh, I must commend you on what you're doing with this. This has just been amazing. I said I've listened to most, if not not all of them, but um, you have your favourites of people that in, in the bio that must listen to yeah, that one. But again, you. congratulations on on your work on on this on the podcast and also on your singles. Yeah, from it's really kind of you to say, yeah, that. from where I, I sort of met you when you know in the very early days when you're thinking about putting music out and you've sort of just yeah. been up to. Nundle and to where you are now, you've done an amazing job. So well done. Oh, keep, thank you. Keep going. Yes. It's a journey, isn't it? It it's is a journey. One of those things that he's got to keep doing it. I, I tell say to people, it's for me, it's a compulsion. Like I can't do anything else. I, yeah. I don't have an option to go back to full time work because yeah. I would be completely useless because <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd just be sitting behind the cash register writing songs. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I really appreciate. It. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we finish up? The podcast is yours. Is it? Something that you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, look again. It's it's a, if you feel that you've got an ability to string words together that that makes sense and please people, either be it a, a poem or keep keep doing it and be brave enough to to practice to, for your family and branch out and find a little coffee house or a, a writers round or a local music group or a, you know a jamming group that will get together in the community and. And uh, just build it and courage. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of places online. You don't have to search too hard on Google to find either workshops that, again, just to, to expand your knowledge. And I'd encourage people to do that. I mean, as we know, yeah. there's a lot of ourselves that's gifted to be able to do that. And you can teach to write songs. That is, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an exponent of that. I felt that I knew how to write. There were certain techniques of what friendly song. And that changes. That changes too, yes, as, as, as mm. the taste for people's music. You know, four-minute songs, songs now that some of the songs are two and a half minutes and they're over on yeah. radio. No, so, yeah, be yourself in your own skin. You know, always be, you know, try further your craft in either writing with other people or joining a group and just practice, 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 as they always say, yeah. I love that. I was—I literally was telling someone yesterday. It's like, unfortunately, the only way to get over your fear of something is to do it. Correct. Yeah, it's repetition. <laughs> yeah, repetition. Yeah, it's repetition. But honestly, open mics were the was where I started, and that was Absolutely. the scariest thing yeah. I've ever done. Like, you get over that fear, everything else becomes null and void. <laughs> yeah, correct. You do enough um, of them, you're right. You get a thicker skin for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I've, I've had a really great chat, and uh, I look forward to sharing it. Thank yeah. you. Cheers. Thanks very much. Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guest, please go to the website songwritertrists.com. Crowd.